Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Neighborhood Church. We pray that you be blessed by it. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a tradition that I share on Mother's Day, and so I'm happy uh, that I get the opportunity again this year. Um, this year is a little significant for me, a little, little different, in that it's the first year of celebrating uh, my mom's promotion to heaven. So uh, that is a significant change in our family. And so as reflecting on that, um, John had mentioned to me a, a while back that he would like me to share today um, just, just some memories or some tidbits uh, from, that I have picked up or I learned from my mother. And so uh, as I shared last night and in Martinsville already, I, uh, in reflection of that, I, uh, I just want to say that my, my mom would want this not to be about her, but it, she would want it to be about the Lord. And so I hope that as I share this morning things that my mother uh, taught me, that I learned from my mother, that you will sense the Holy Spirit moving in your own lives. And this won't be about her, but it'll be more about him. Mark chapter 5 reminds us, go home to your family, tell them everything that the Lord has done for you. This was my mother. My mom was not shy to tell us all that God had done for her and, and all his working in her life. And it's so important, especially as women, as mothers, as grandmothers, that we share those stories with our children. They come to church, yes, they hear uh, about God's Word, they hear stories from the Bible, but they will always remember the stories that you personally tell. Those are the ones that stay, and those are the stories that have stayed with me over all these years. And so this morning, although there were many, many stories, many, many things my mom taught me, I really only want to or have the time to share four. So I picked four of what I thought were some of the main things that my mom shared with me and taught me. My mother loved her Bible. When my mother passed away uh, last September, um, you know how families talk about, you know, getting little trinkets or whatever that are mementos. And the only thing I asked for um, was my mother's Bible. I said, that's, that's what I, I want the most. Uh, I don't know if we have a picture, but I have a very vivid picture in my mind of my mother sitting in her chair reading her Bible. And this, this was the Bible that she was reading. And so I'm, I'm very uh, honored to have it. But as I opened it up, uh, I realized that my mother, she knew her Bible because she used her Bible. And that is so key for all of us. If we want to be women who know our Bible, we also have to be women who choose to use our Bible. And so my mom, her handprint is, is over all of this, this Bible here. But of the four things my mom taught me, the first thing that stands out to me is her saying, God will make the crooked path straight. Now, there's a nursery rhyme that I'm learning not very many people know, but I'm sure maybe a 
hopefully a couple of, of you here this morning remember it. There was a crooked man, and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked stile. He brought a, bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a little crooked house. And um, in many respects, my mom was a, a little crooked lady. Osteo had claimed uh, much of her structure, much of her, her shape, and over the last uh, many years, old well, years that I can remember anyway, 20 at least, um, my mom was quite crippled with osteo and actually had gone from a woman of about 5'2 to about 4'8. So she was quite crippled uh, with osteo. And although she may have looked a little crooked on the outside, she was certainly a woman who believed that God was able to make every crooked path straight. Isaiah 45.2 was one of her go-to verses, and it says, I will go before you, and I will make the crooked places straight. There are many things in our life that can cause our paths to become suddenly crooked. Life is never as smooth as we thought it would be or could be. We all start out maybe with this picture of how wonderful life is going to be, but we're not on the path very long before we recognize that there are sudden turns that come into our life. Life has many challenges. Life has challenges that come that we're really not expecting. For whatever reason, our desired straight path is reshaped. My mom always taught us that in every situation, as I say, God would make our path straight, that he would make a way. Whatever trouble came into our lives, whatever heartache, whatever discouragement, that God could make a way and that he could make the path straight. Few of you know that uh, I listen every morning to Daily Audio Bible. I have it on my iPad, and every morning I, I listen to that reading, and I just, I've really grown to love it over the few years that I've been listening and following. And uh, the host, Brian, will read scripture. He'll read from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, a proverb, a psalm, like many other uh, study apps. And at the end of his app, at the end of his reading, he sometimes gives a commentary. At the very end, there is time for prayer requests. And all of a sudden, you'll hear people that have phoned in, and they're, they're asking for a prayer request. And most mornings, I kind of stop it there and say, okay, that, that's good. I'm, I'm okay. And, and I kind of get on with my day. You know, I, actually, I get out of bed. <laughs> That's, that's the first thing I do. So I get out of bed and start my day. But this morning as I was listening, uh, I was laying in bed and I was listening to my, uh, my Bible reading this morning, I, I continued it on. And the first caller that called in for a prayer request really caught me, really, really caught my attention. You just heard this little broken voice kind of come on. And just, you could, you could, tell that she was very upset and crying. 
And this lady was just saying that, asking for prayer because her, her personal life was just falling apart. Her marriage was falling apart. Her, her family was broken. And she was in her brokenness just asking this community, this online listening community to hold her up in prayer. And I found myself praying for her. I found myself saying, oh, Father, I believe with all my heart, as my mother often said, that you can make the crooked path straight. And as this lady was crying out for the miracle in her life, I realized that God could make her crooked path straight. God could give her the miracle that she so desperately wanted. So many people are walking with crooked, walking on crooked paths. And even when the way is unclear or it seems impossible, Isaiah reminds us, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Whatever difficulty or challenge you are facing this morning, as you sit here this morning, whatever challenge has come into your life, whatever crooked path has presented itself in front of you, I'm here to remind you that God's word says he is able to make the crooked path straight. My mom in her Bible, as I say, she, she was a user of her Bible, and as I opened it up, all these little papers started falling out. And on each one, she's written something else, and it'll take me a while to get through them all. But this is one she wrote in her Bible. And it says, he knows your name. He knows your pain. He sees your tears that fall. And he will answer when you call. I believe my mom wrote that down on a day that her path was crooked, a day when things came into her life that were overwhelming, that were discouraging, that were painful. And this was her reminder to herself that God will make the crooked path straight. The second thing my mom taught me is to follow the Holy Spirit. Joshua 3, verses 3 and 4. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the priests, you must break camp and follow it. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between yourself and the Ark. Don't go near it so that you can see the way to go. For you haven't traveled this way before. I can't tell you how many times, especially in the last five years, I heard my mother say those words. This is a road we haven't traveled before, she would say to me. All we can do is follow the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes I wonder what we think of when we think of the Holy Spirit. Like, 
what pops into our mind. What, what, I'm a very pictorial person. I, I, do, I like pictures. I learn in pictures, and I think in pictures. So I sometimes wonder what kind of picture we get in our mind when we think of the Holy Spirit. Well, back in the day, uh, when I was younger and when we were raising our boys, in Pentecostal circles especially, we referred to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. And maybe some of you here remember those days. And so I remember one time when the boys were little, I got this phone call. And I got this phone call and said, yes, Mrs. Dresner, this is the school. Oh, good grief. What's the school calling me for? They're only in grade four. This is the school. Yes, Mrs. Dresner, if you could please ask Evan to stop talking about the Holy Ghost. He's scaring the other children. <laughs> My mom would often say to me, she'd say, now Donna, if you have a good thought, or if you think of something nice to do for someone else, that is the Holy Spirit. Because you are incapable of thinking anything nice on your own. Now, my mother met that in a kind, kind way. And you know, she was right. She's absolutely right. We in ourselves are weak. We in ourselves are just flesh. And we in ourselves can do nothing. But God's word reminds us that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We need to learn to allow God's Spirit within us to guide us. We need to learn to follow. Now Joshua reminds us in that verse I read that not only are we to follow, but we are not to rush. We're not to be in a hurry. We need to see whether or not the Holy Spirit moves to the left or the right. You need to know which way he's going to go. Now, it's so easy for us to lose focus, to get our eyes off of him and on the situation that we're facing. We need to keep our eyes on him. The last part of that verse from Joshua tells us why. Why do we need to keep our eyes on him? Because you haven't traveled this way before. You haven't traveled this way before. Following is easy when you know where you're going. But when you haven't been somewhere before, following becomes crucial. Ever uh, had the experience where you got two vehicles and somebody says, oh, I know where we're going, just, just follow me. And they hop in their car and off they go. And you're navigating through, and all you need is like one car to come in between. You'd think they'd know you were following. But anyway, one car come in between, and you're, you're gone. You're lost. You can't follow anymore. I remember when we moved to Regina, um, our boys were little. We were moving from Portage to Prairie, Manitoba, to Regina. And so John was in one vehicle driving with Evan, I believe, and I had the younger two with me. And that's what he said. Oh, follow me. I'm the Pied Piper. Follow me. So we drive into Regina, and I'm at the wheel going, oh God, oh God, oh God. And so then, of course, inevitably, he's gone, disappeared. 
So I pull over to the side of the road, and I'm stressed, and I'm anxious, and so I start to cry, of course, you know, and I'm crying, oh, God, oh, God, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And our middle son says, oh, Mom, Mom, just call the police, Mom, just call the police. Just call the police. But when you lose sight of who you're following, it no longer becomes following, it becomes chaos. And so we need to know to follow the Holy Spirit, keep our eyes on him, because we have not traveled this way before. Probably the most poignant moment of that verse hit home to me uh, in December of 2017. We were told that my sister was terminally ill. It, It happened so suddenly, all within a month. She came home from work not feeling good. On November 20th, and by December 20th, she was gone. So it happened very quickly, and there was a lot of confusion kind of mixed in with it. And so my two younger sisters from Alberta flew to Montreal to be with my older sister to get some clarification, just find out what is going on, what is happening. And we spoke on a daily basis, and as my sister's health continued just to spiral down, we knew that we had to tell my parents that uh, their daughter was dying. And so I said to my sisters, well, we can't tell her over the phone. We can't tell them over the phone. We ha- I'll, I'll have to go. So John rented me a little car, and I've never driven to Calgary before, and it was just before Christmas, but God made a way. He made the crooked path straight, and he got me to Alberta in beautiful weather. And I walked in, and my mom was suspect the minute she saw me because I'd never done that before. So she was already going, hmm. But anyway, my dad's health was a concern, so we spent some time just having tea and visiting, and I knew that I had to tell them the purpose of my visit. So as I began to, they they obviously knew my sister was not well, but they didn't know the extent. And so as I began to talk with them and slowly try to tell them, that my sister was dying. Uh, As I spoke those words, I saw my mother's heart break in front of my eyes. And that was the hardest thing I've ever done, just to see her heart break. And so the three of us spent time, and we prayed, and just my mom, of course, was crying. My dad was trying to understand what was all happening. And so as we were praying, as we were sitting together, my mom reached out and took my hand. And she said this. She said, we have to pray. We have to pray that God will be with us. We have to pray that he will be our strength. We have to pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us to help and lead us. Because we've never traveled this road before. My mother quoted that same portion to me just nine months ago when she laid in her hospital bed. And I looked at her, and I held her hand, and she said to me, we need to follow the Holy Spirit, Donna, because this is a road we haven't traveled before. Don't be afraid. We have never traveled this road before. But the Holy Spirit will guide us. 
and we will choose to follow him. There are many roads in my life, in your life, that we will be asked to travel that are not familiar. There are roads that you have never traveled before. And you will need to follow the Holy Spirit to navigate your way through. You will need to keep your eyes on him. And he will direct your path. Another little clipping from my mom's Bible, and this one is Psalm 143, verse 8. And it says, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Learn to follow the Holy Spirit. Learn to keep your eyes on him. The third thing my mom taught me, showed me, is to leave it all with the Lord. Now, my mom was a, a little newfie. I think we have a few newfies here this morning, don't we? No? Oh, I'm shocked. Um, newfies are great people. I told the Martinsville Church this morning, if you don't have one, you should get one. <laughs> They're like a puppy. You need to get a Newfie in your life. But my mother was a Newfoundlander, and she loved Scripture. She loved everything uh, to do with the Bible. And she would say in her little Newfie accent, she would say to me, Now, Donna, you need, need to leave it all with the Lord. You need to leave it all with the Lord. Over and over again, as I would bring these situations to her that caused me anxiousness or worry or whatever, as a mom or as a grandma, you'd be worried or concerned about something, she would say, no, no, you just need to leave that with the Lord. There's nothing you can do. You need to leave it with the Lord. So she would say that over and over again. And Philippians 4 and verse 6 was certainly one of her favorite scriptures. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. My mother was raised in the Salvation Army. And uh, she loved the Salvation Army. When she married my dad, she came into Pentecost. And she really got Pentecost. My mother got baptized in water and came up speaking in tongues. So she got the full package all in one vent. And so she certainly loved the Pentecostal church, and she was certainly, she worked hard in the Pentecostal church. We were raised in the Pentecostal church, but she never lost her first love for the Salvation Army. And as little people, we all went to the Salvation Army. I went to the Salvation Army every Sunday afternoon for most of my growing up years. So it became a part of our DNA. And my mother would often talk about the mercy seat. Now, this is something in Pentecostal circles that we don't have uh, as, as the Salvation Army has. They have this, this uh, bench at the front of the altar, and every week, every service, people were encouraged to come forward and just pray. Whatever concern you had on your heart, just come and pray. 
don't leave the don't leave the service carrying the same burden you came in with. Come and leave your burdens at the mercy seat. There was an old chorus we used to sing growing up, and it was all your anxiety, all your care. Bring to the mercy seat, leave it there. Never a burden he cannot bear. Never a friend like Jesus. My mother was an incredible woman of faith, but my mother had concerns just like you and I. My mother had disappointments just like you and I. And my mother faced challenges just like you and I. But she knew exactly what to do in those times. She knew she had to leave it with the Lord. There's a, another little paper from my mom's Bible. Psalm 27, verse 14, November 23rd, 1999. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And then she adds, and the song that came to mind, I heard it so clear, was love lifted me. And then she's gone on the bottom, going to the hospital in Airdrie, Alberta. That was the, the month my mom had a heart attack. So she probably was writing that in, in an ambulance, who knows. But she knew you had to leave it with the Lord. She knew where to put her burdens. Cast all your care upon me, Scripture tells us, because I really do care about you. Do you believe that in your heart this morning? Do you believe that God cares that much about you? That you can cast your care upon him not because just someone told you to do it, but because you believe in your heart that God cares about you. He does. He does. And he cared about my mother, and he cared about, cares about me, and he cares about you. And we need, we, we need to learn to cast every care upon him. The last thing my mom taught me was to develop a heart of worship. My mother loved to sing. She loved to worship. We would travel. <clears throat> I know when your kids are little, you have games you play in the vehicle to keep them occupied. And uh, one game we played when, we were, when I was little was this singing game. And it wasn't so much that we would sing, but we would point to something because there was a song for everything. My mother has a song for every occasion. And so we would just point to something randomly, and my mother would sing. So we'd point to tree, and she'd like a tree planted by the waters, and she'd sing that song. And then we'd say, there's a cow. My father owns a thousand hills, a thousand hills, and she'd sing that song. There was a song for everything. My mother cultivated this heart of worship. It just came from her. She couldn't complain if she tried. She had this heart of worship. Some years back, I went to visit her, and I took a friend of mine along with me. And uh, we were having tea. She loved to have tea once my father went to bed. She would make us tea, and we would sit around and visit. She loved it because she didn't have that company. Once my father's health started to decline, she missed that company in the evening. And so we were sitting around visiting, and so she would start to sing. And she'd say, do you sing this chorus at your church, Donna? 
And she'd hum a few bars, and I'd say, yes, yes, yes. Do you sing this chorus at your church, Donna? And she'd hum a few bars. And I began to say, yes, 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 because I didn't know how long this was going to go on. But at some point, she got up, and she disappeared, and she walked down the hallway. And I thought, oh, good, she's getting ready for bed, so my friend and I can get ready for bed, too. And so it'll be all, it's all good. Anyway, she came walking back down the hall with this book. I saw it, and I thought, oh, boy, we're in trouble. And I thought, well, maybe she's just going to ask me, you know, for one song in here, if I, if I know one song. Well, she proceeded to open it up, and it's got her name on it, so this is, this is her book. And she's got tick marks by some of the songs. I won't go into that part. But she opened it up to song number one, and she said, you know this one, don't you, girls? And we sang it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. We sang it through. I thought, well, that was good. Page two. You know this one, don't you girls? I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. We sang that one. Well, we're going so good. How about number three? What a friend we have in Jesus. We sat for two hours and sang the whole book. <laughs> if you don't believe me, you can ask my friend Helena. She will verify that that's what we did. And you know, it was, it was quite the evening. But my mom knew the secret of a heart of worship. The verse that she quoted to me so often about bringing our requests to God, of, of being careful for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, bring everything to God. There's a little, little two words in that verse that we often miss. And the two words in there are, with thanksgiving. We bring all our requests to God, but so often it's just a list of complaints. It's just a list of list of I wants. It's just a list, list of gimmies. My dad used to say when I was a kid, I had the gimmies. There was a song on the radio that said, gimme that, gimme that, gimme, gimme, gimme that, gimme that thing, gimme that, gimme, gimme that, gimme that thing, gimme that, gimme, gimme that, gimme, gimme, gimme that thing. And the fact that I remember it probably is an indication that I felt I deserved a lot of things. But my mom cultivated a true heart of worship. And these papers in her Bible reflect that. Out of all these papers in her Bible, there is not one that lists, oh God, give me this. Oh God, fix that. Oh God, do something there. There's not one. Every single one is a reflection of worship. This one is, it's an old hymn, the words of an old hymn. Who am I that a king should bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, not my will, but thine for? The answer I may never know, how he ever loved me so. To a rugged cross he'd go, for who am I? My mother loved to worship. 
This one is a special gift she's got on the top. Sang in the spirit, my heart is filled with praise that the Lord would bless me, that the Lord would bestow such a blessing on me. Praise the Lord. She's got June 1st, 2011. The secret, the secret of a heart of thanksgiving. He is my Savior. He is the King. He is my Savior. Of him I'll sing. He gave his life for me, and now I know. I'll live my life for him. I love him so. Bessie. Airdrie, Alberta. My mom wrote that little poem. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Over and over and over again, my mom would remind us that it all starts, it all has to begin with a thankful heart. Faith, like my mom's, just doesn't happen overnight. It takes a journey. It's a crooked journey that we choose to allow God to make straight. It's a journey where we choose to follow the Holy Spirit and keep our eyes on him. It's a journey where we choose to leave it all at the feet of Jesus. And it's a journey where we choose thankfulness, cultivating a heart of thanksgiving and worship. Uh, I believe the worship team is going to come up and we're going to just sing one last song. I would often, most of you know, I called my mother uh, every night, every, every evening I would call her. I did that for about the last 20 years of her life. When she had that heart attack uh, that I mentioned earlier, um, I had talked, I had phoned and talked to the doctor and, and he said, you know, I think it's just she's getting lonely. My father's health was declining. We were all gone. And she just really missed that companionship. And so I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to have my mom be lonely. So I'm going to call her every night. And so I began to call her that, ran the process of calling her every night. And so we, we developed this kinship over those phone calls. And so sometimes I would say to her, well, Mom, I'm going to share. And she'd say to me something about, are you getting ready for the weekend? Is John getting ready? I said, well, I'm going to share this weekend. Oh, that's wonderful. You'll do so well. I said, oh, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous now. Don't worry, she'd say. Everything's going to be fine. You're just going to be fine. The Lord's going to help you. He'll be your helper. And I'd say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm praying. And, she'd, and then she'd add this. And if all else fails, just sing a good song. They'll remember the good song, and they won't remember what you said. <laughs> so this morning, in case you don't remember what I said, I hope there's something in there that you can apply to your own lives. But let's stand together, and uh, we'll seal it with a good song. And that way I know you'll take something home this morning. So thank you again for allowing me to share about my mother. I'm sure there's many of you who could be standing here in my place sharing about your mother. 
And so I thank you that I have the honor of doing it for my mother. And I just bless each one of you. I bless each one of you mothers and grandmothers and every woman in this building that God would make us truly instruments and truly women who can pass down, who can share the, the truth of God's word wherever we are. Let's sing a good song. We know you enjoyed this teaching from the Neighborhood Church from our Pine House location here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To touch base with us from anywhere in the world that you're listening, or maybe you're just at the gym or in your car, you can text the word Pine House to 306-800-5296. There you can fill out our digital connect card. Or if you want to give it a distance, or maybe you've been working weekends or just can't make it to the city, text the initials TNC to 705-230-8977. Through that little portal, you can give or tithe or even give to missions. For any more information about The Neighborhood Church, you can check us out online at theneighborhoodchurch.org. God bless you and have a great week.